Hi guys, I'm André Villas-Boas, listening to Echoes of Glory. And don't forget, whatever happens, the future is bright, the future is lily white. Come on, you Spurs. Hello and welcome to Echoes of Glory, Season 10, Episode 6. I'm Jack. I'm ASD. And we've got a few games to talk about this week. Um, and we'll go straight into it and we'll start with the Monday Night Football, which finished Burnley nil, Tottenham Hotspur 1. Now, there's always there's always a saying, isn't there, in English football? It used to be, can you do it on a cold Tuesday night in Stoke? But since Stoke have been down, it's like, can you do it on a cold Tuesday night in Burnley? It wasn't a Tuesday night, it was a Monday night, but we went there and we did it, right? Yeah, I, I was going to say, let's get the cliches out of the way, because it wasn't one of those gritty games of champions, like we, we battled it through, uh, at least we got the points. It wasn't one of those victories at all. It was, it was, it was... I'm not sure we deserved it, to be honest. <laughs> but, but then the end, it reminded me a lot of when Stoke used to come to White Hart Lane and you, they would just stink the place out. And I, you just look at the Stoke fans and you go, I get... It's a bit like when AVB was here. And obviously we love AVB and he's doing our intro. But you just go... When you're walking away and you've got a 1-0 or a 0-0 against a big team, you go, that feels great. But for 90 minutes... For two hours, when you sat in the ground in the cold and the rain, you go, this is awful. Like, why am I here? You know, the, the pleasure you get is not from actually being at the game and seeing it, because it's like they hate football. And I, and I know that's what you've got to do, and that, that's how you survive. And they almost did it. But it's, oh, it was awful. It was really, really bad. It's weird, isn't it? Because I completely get what you say there. Like, as a, if, if you're a Burnley fan and you draw that nil-nil and you're at the game, you, you only enjoy it once, once the game's over. Yeah, that's like, it. It's, it's, it's such a weird concept, isn't it? But that's what I mean, it was they, like under AVB as well. Yeah, yeah. That, that, I mean, they're fighting for their lives and they're scrapping. It's like they're right down the foot of the table. And it's like they almost executed the perfect game plan. So it's like, you know, we can't criticise them too much because on another day, they could easily have scored from a set piece and it finished one. Like It was a game where 65, 70 minutes, it was like there's going to be one goal and it's mm-hmm. going to be scrappy and whoever gets it's going to win. Um, and it just so happened that we were the team that were able to dig the goal out of nowhere. But to be able to go and win ugly, though, it, you know, it, again, that's a good quality. But it, it was a, it was a tough old watch. It was a tough old watch. I think Jose played a very good team for that. I think if you have a, he didn't put any of our lighter, weaker, smaller players. So like, I love Reggie. But that was the worst game for him because he knows that people are going to kick people, that they're going to come and kick us, like with Ashley Barnes and Wood, they're going to sit there and kick us. So we just put the lumps that we've got there, yeah. the people are going to fight. Like Hoiberg was in his element, really. Uh, he's so pro, to be yeah. fair, two of them. But you know what you're getting out of those two, don't you? If, you? if that's your central midfield pairing, you're not getting, I know we've said Hoiberg can play, but to a certain extent, you're not getting a great amount of quality on the ball. You're getting two guys that are going to fight and work hard and run and basically play Burnley at their own game, which I admire. There's always the flip side to that, isn't there? Which says, you know, is there not a case of saying, right, Harry Winks in you go and we're going to get the ball down and we're going to out-football you because we're way better at that. But um, he clearly went into that thinking though the right approach is to sort of match them at what they do and, and we can be better at that. Um, and that was reflected in the centre-backs as well, wasn't it? Alderweireld and Dyer. Like, again, you know what you know what you're going to get. They, they, they're not going to make too many mistakes. They're not going to be too stupid on the ball. Dyer did it once in the second half and nearly got caught out. But other than that, I thought the two of them did well because whilst Wood and Barnes aren't the most talented and you know what you're going to get, it's difficult to stop them sometimes. Like when you're constantly having to deal with 40, 50 yard diagonals into them, like 
they're both very, very good at what they do in terms of holding the play up, winning free kicks and winning headers. And um, I thought we restricted them to really nothing in open play. Set pieces were where it was nervy. Um, and there was that unbelievable clearance from Kane, wasn't there, in the second half off the line, which was just... I'm amazingly deeper. We need three of him. We really do. We need, I reckon he'd be brilliant in central midfield, in attacking and um, at front. I think Jose's playing like the false nine thing where the nine drops back and we, the pincer movement of, of Sun or Mora or whatever, allowing them to get forward. But what a player he is. I, I don't think there's a better player in the league. Like Aubameyang has basically retired since... I want to talk about Arsenal later because I think once you break down exactly where they're at as a club, they're a joke at the moment and it's hilarious. Um, but like, who's the best player in the league? I think Chelsea don't have a standout. Like they've really missed Azar. They've got a good couple of players. City, De Bruyne isn't really doing much. Liverpool, oh, Liverpool have got injuries now as well. For the first time in a few years, Liverpool have got injuries to keep yeah. players. And it's like I know Klopp's been moaning a lot, but it's like that's part of football. Like. You forget that we went three months without having any attackers, didn't we, at the start of the year? Like, yeah. we didn't have anybody. We were playing, like, Bergwijn up front because we had no one. Um, so, injuries is all part of it. I mean, it is a season that is wide open. And we've said it a couple of times already that on the pod this season. If you can put a 15 to 20 game run together, not even win them all, just put a good run together, you'll be in the title race. Like, that is absolutely guaranteed. And I genuinely think this year... 83, 84 points can probably win you the league. I think we're contenders. I, 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 Everyone is at this stage. Like Genuinely, there's nobody that is like grabbing it by the scruff of the neck and being like, we're just going to go on a run and no one's going to get near us. Like, everyone's dropping points left, right and centre. Um, it's a bonkers season. Well, I think the games... I think Jose should be looking at this and going, Europa League, I th- we'll talk about it. We'll still get out of the group there. We're in the semis of the... Um, the, the oh, what is it? The Papa John's Pizza now, pa- Papa John's Pizza Cup, whatever it's called, the FA Cup, the FA Cup. But we'll we'll lose the league based on the silly points dropped because I think we can beat the big teams, the, the the teams around us. Like we demolished Man United, look how well they did in in middle of the week. I think we could take City or we could take any of them right now. I imagine Kane and Son against Andre Gomez and um, what's his face, but at the back at Liverpool, we'll tear them apart. Like they, they, I think it's been underestimated how important Van Dyke was. From I, I'm a, I'm a big believer, and the game, the the Burnley game was great. I'm, it, it cemented um, Jose a little bit more for me. There's still people who were pining for Pochettino, and I, I love Pochettino for what he was doing for us two years ago. It's the same with Ericsson. I love for what he was doing for us three years ago. But would I have either of them back? Not right now. Not right now. And it's, the, d- same, it's the same with anything in sport in life, like. You've got to move on with stuff like, you know, you, you can have a brilliant period of time, which we had under Potch, but it's like eventually, unless your name's Alex Ferguson, like that rain does come to an end. Like that is the that's that's football. And it'll be the same at Liverpool with Klopp. Like at some point his rain will come to an end and he'll get sacked. Like that's just the way it works, unfortunately. Um, but I was I was I was really pleased with the result of Burnley more than anything else, because if you look at the points that we have dropped this season, West Ham, Newcastle, you know, if we win both them games, you're, you're top of the league. And it's like that, that's, they're literally the margins at the moment because everyone else around us is dropping points. I think that Liverpool, I'd still make Liverpool favourites, even though Van, they've lost Van Dijk and now Fabinho. 
purely because you know they've been up there consistently for the last 18 months like they just don't lose games but oh. i can't see them i can't see them getting the, the volume of points them on city like i'd be shocked if the title winners at the end of this year are in the 90s for points like that would absolutely shock me i genuinely think it'll be low to mid 80s we'll, we'll get it and like that's the points tally that like i said a good 20 game run you can you can get that so I think there's a lot of sides that will be secretly very, very excited at the moment, just knowing that the standard of the league is not as high as what it has been the last couple of years. Because if you look at the points Tally City and Liverpool have been getting, like someone like us, we're, we're not going to get anywhere near that, anywhere near that. You need both of those sides to drop their level and then us to be at near enough our maximum to, to be in a title race. Mm. And that could be it could be that season this year. But it's still very early, so we don't know what's going to happen. You know, like we lose our next couple of games, all of a sudden, then we're back in crisis mode. So it's difficult. We don't want to get too carried away, but to go and get that win at Burnley was, I thought, was really, really important. Um, what What was interesting about Burnley is they're one of the one of the teams who are going to be down there. And they don't have that standout player. I mean, Goodmanson was pretty good, but there's like Barnes is it does a job, but there's no Grealish. Like, I know Villa are flying high, but last year they weren't. But there's no single player. Usually the relegation teams have a, a can, well, a team that, a player that sits there. So all they've got is just that team ethic. And I I don't hate them. I, I, I wouldn't mind watching them play Arsenal and just frustrate Arsenal yeah. or Chelsea to go and go there and beat them. I think it would have been a different game if the crowd was there as well. Yeah. Um, that, that's that's a massive factor here, like going up there. That's why they're struggling. I think that's why they're right down there because for Burnley, they're away form since they've been up in the Premier League. It's been terrible. But Turf more typically. I mean, I saw a stat on Twitter that was actually like all of the top six sides have got good records at Turf more. But where Burnley get their results is beating all the sides around them at home. They'll just they'll beat Southampton one nil. And then they'll go and they'll go and draw at West Brom and then they'll beat Villa one nil at home the next week. And all of a sudden they've got seven points out of nine. And like that's how they stay up. But the the crowd is such a big factor and that's why we're seeing so many surprising but not really surprising results anymore because I fully expected us to go there and win on Monday before the game kicked off. Whereas if yeah, that if that had been normal with the crowd Monday night under the lights, I'd have been a little bit like, Oh, this is a banana skin game. But now I'm like, Well, we're we're better than them. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm under no illusions that we're gonna go and get the result. And we didn't even play well and we still beat them. So it was um it was really, really good for us to get the win. Um, Kane and Son linking up as well. I mean, that, that statistic that Sky put out about goals in terms of up and how high they are on that list all time in the Premier League, it's just yeah, yeah. like I could not believe that because they've, I know they've been playing together for long, but it's not been that long and it's not been that long that it's been a partnership as such either. Well, it's, um, it's not a partnership. It's not like Lampard to Drogba where there is a, a through the middle pass there. They're, they're part of the same front three attacking and it, it, I'd love to see what the biggest combination is between Mane, Salah and Firmino because they do not pass to each other as much and it, that that's the most amazing thing about it and Kane's injured all the time as well and usually it's Sun playing in Kane's place but they and this the Sun's face when it, you saw him asking was it Kane who got the assist with it and how happy he is he just loves football and it sounds like he might be signing a new contract with us soon he's just signed to Jose Mourinho's agent um, or a company and so it sounds like he might be signing for us and that's brilliant he's 27 this could he he could I, I fully believe he could go to any club in the world and improve it I, I, there's no club in the world that he couldn't go to and take them up a level He he's just become an outstanding player do you remember he almost left us yeah I think something for me has clicked with him because mm. he has 
gone now from being an 8 out of 10 player to a 9, 10 out of 10 player. Like, genuinely, like, there would always be a few players that you'd be like, oh, no, I probably would rather have them ahead of Sun. But the way he's been playing this season and the way he's been linking up with Kane as well, and again, you can't you can't underestimate how important that is. He's just, he really has gone to another level this season. And and for me, it's just, it's the numbers that he's getting. The goals and the assists, like, his all-round play has always been brilliant, um, but he's just always been that, those moments in games where you're going to get one or two opportunities to take them. And he just, now, for me now, when he goes through 1v1, I just I just think goal. It's like when Kane goes yeah. through. You know it's in the back of the net. Whereas I think back to last season, season before that, I was never quite convinced if he was going to finish it. But now I'm just like, sun's through, that's a goal. And nine times out of ten now it is as well. So it's, I don't know what's clicked, but he's sensational. Because when I watch him, I go, oh, he's the best player at the club. Because I, I can't see a fault in him. And then Kane will pick up the ball and do something. Both of them, one-on-one, I have zero doubts that we're going to... It's like when Kane picks up the ball for a, kennel, a penalty. Zero doubts. And what I like, they're, they're, they're slightly different. You know, Kane, Kane's never going to be the international, marketable superstar like a Ronaldo. But, and, but Sun is. Yeah. So they're different. But t- tell you what is nice. It's just their football intelligence is out of this world. I don't think I've ever seen many more footballing intelligent intelligent players. You know, I mean, Hoddle, everyone says Hoddle had that intelligence where Modric had it, where he was a chess master. He could see everything that was going on. The, the movement of Sun, like the goal was brilliant with Kane um, dropping back, heading it over to a space. Sun is in loads of space in the Burnley penalty box in like the 80th minute. Like that hadn't happened all game. And it, it was... What it is with both of them as well is the, it, the strengths that they both have are complete opposite and they just complement each other so much. Like mm. You imagine if like we had a front two of like Kane and Berbatov, it'd be great to watch, but you, you feel like it probably wouldn't work because they're too similar. Whereas like yeah. some doesn't want the ball, some wants to make runs and Kane wants the ball into his feet. And it's just like, it's such a perfect combination that it's the old school, isn't it? One striker yeah. goes in behind, one comes to feet. Um, and Kane's passing range, which, you know, we've always, you anybody who's been watching Kane for a number of years has always said, like, he's a brilliant passer ball and he's not just a goal scorer. Um, he's a sensational all-round footballer. And I was thinking about this the other day and I was like, other than Wayne Rooney, I can't think of anybody that is as good playing as a nine as they are playing as a ten. Like, Kane is as good in both positions. And it's like, Rooney was the only one I could think of that has the can have the same level of impact in both positions. It just... It doesn't happen. You just don't get players that can do that. I'd argue, though, that Rooney wasn't absolutely outstanding in either. You, you know, like, there was always a, like, where does he play? He was just an attacking player, wasn't he? Like, if he was a number nine, he wasn't the best number nine on the field. And you'd usually have someone else with him, whether Chicharito or someone. And at number 10, he'd still have attacking players around him, like Huamata or something. Whereas Kane can play the out-and-out number 10. He can replace Ericsson. And he can also play the number nine role. I think he's fun. I, well, it's like the planets have aligned and somehow out of North London, there's just been this monster that's just the perfect footballer. And you, you listen to Arsenal fans, they know it. And they they also know that he's not an Arsenal fan. And they, 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 it's, they've got the best player that they've had there since Bergkamp in a bummy uh, who's at the moment. And he's nowhere near the level of Kane. And it kills them inside. Where, and where I love does, it. Where does Kane sit for you in terms of the greatest players to ever play for Tottenham? Because he's been doing it consistently for years. Like, it's not as if he's just come on the scene and he's had a brilliant year. Like, this has been, like, 
four or five seasons now where he's been absolutely unbelievable. And it was I was talking to my dad about it and I was saying, in terms of centre-forwards, I genuinely think he's the best centre-forward we've ever had. I know he's not got the most goals um, and there are other players that people would throw into the mix, but I genuinely think he's, he's the best striker that we've ever had, hands down. So there now has to be a conversation of where does he sit in terms of the all-time greats because... He's ridiculous. Like, I genuinely don't think that there's a team that even Bayern Munich, I think he'd get in Bayern Munich at Lewandowski. Like, he's, I don't think there's a better centre forward than him. Well, that that must be who they're planning to get when, because Lewandowski's a lot older. I think he's my age, he's 33. I mean, Greaves got 220 league goals, right? And then you've got Bobby Smith on 176 league goals and Kane's on 148. But he's got, obviously, a lot more time. Um, that I don't know about as much as Jimmy Greaves, but I don't I don't see how he could be better than Kane. And I think it's difficult to compare, isn't it? Because their fitness wasn't as great as these players. I think you could put Kane in any of the teams going back, and he'd boss it. He'd yeah. probably boss it even more. But I think the pace, obviously, Jimmy Greaves would, but the, would would have had the similar level of training. But it would have been harder for him to break through as it has been now, as it would be for him now. So I I don't see how there's a better striker out there. And I don't know who could be a better player. Like people will talk about Waddle and play and players like that. But I, I uh, Waddle, uh, Hoddle, um, I, I, I don't know how it can be better because I don't know how you can improve on him apart from his injury record and maybe some pace. But his game doesn't rely on pace. And he, he's only just going to improve with age as well. I, I don't know how you improve on him. I it's really don't. Isn't he? And, you know, we've got Gareth Bale slowly getting himself back fit as well. And each week that goes past, you know, you can see him getting fitter and sharper. So, you know, when we do have the three of them firing in all cylinders, like, Oof, it's going yeah. such a great, it's such a great um, attacking trio. Um, yeah. So Burnley was a great, great result. And then we had Royal Antwerp uh, last night in the Europa League away from home. Uh, and they beat us 1-0. Now, Jose made a lot of changes to that team. Um, what did we? What did you make of the game? First of all, the game was a proper. Like, I I enjoy being in the Europa League because you get to see Antwerp, Ludogorets, all the teams which maybe have some history or you've never seen before, and they, and it's it's usually cheap to go, and you you can just sort of enjoy it without having too much pressure on it. Um, it, it was one of the worst games I've ever seen, though. Like it was it was awful, right? It was it was terrible, and that ranks with one of some of the worst performances I've ever seen, and. You, the players who are playing should be playing, should be pushing for that first team spot. Wink should be going out there and try just owning the midfield. Delhi should be creating chance after chance. I still don't know what Bergvine brings to the team. I, it, at the moment, he just feels a bit like a body. And I'm going to bring in Chadley. I think Chadley was more effective than Bergvine at the moment. I, I, I don't know what he's done apart from a couple of goals against Manchester clubs. I'm not sure what he's bringing, but it, it, I don't want to judge all of those by one game, but Delhi was awful. Um, uh, Vinny had a good, Vinicius had a decent game, I thought, running around. Like he, he, but there was just a total lack of movement, a total lack of energy, positivity, creativity. There was nothing, nothing. And you could tell how pissed Jose was by four substitutions at halftime and then bringing on Kane. I bet he was fuming. Bale, Bale's not fit. You can tell he's not fit. But every every Davis, that mistake was. Absolute well, shocker. I wanted, wanted to talk about the goal actually because it's it's dreadful and very uncharacteristic from Davis, like mm. to, to do that there. Like I know that he, you know, he's sometimes not the most mobile and wingers can go past on that, but you would very rarely see him make a mistake like that. So that was very uncharacteristic. Um, for me, the defending from Sanchez when they get he through is, is, is as bad as the Davis mistake. And it's like, look, I'm I'm not a centre back, but 
I can tell watching that that he has to trust that Loris can make a save. As soon as he goes over and commits himself, it's a goal. It's like he basically has just got to try and delay the pass. Um, but he doesn't. He goes steaming over and it's a simple square ball and then the ball's in the back of the net. Whereas like, he just needs to try and delay and hold it off. Even if he holds the guy off for another three seconds, David's going to get back. And it's like, then it's far too deep. He should have been a bit closer to push him out wide. And the his positioning all evening was terrible. Mm. It, it was dreadful. It was one of the worst performances from a centre-back. Like, I don't think Rodon could be any worse than that. Yeah. In which case, just get him in. I think, that, I think, honestly, I think the next, like, second-string game we play, I think he'll be in. I really do. Like, I think now, like, after, after that performance, like, it's just... You can't make those kind of mistakes. And the, my my issue with Sanchez is we brought him in a few seasons ago now for quite a lot of money at the time. He was, I think he was our record signing when we got him. Yeah, and I would argue that he, he's not a better player now than what he was then. I'm not advocating let's cut our losses and get rid, but he's not, he's not yet kicked on to be the centre-back that we thought he would be, which is the commanding centre-back that's going to marshal the back four or the back five. It's like he just... Whenever I watch him play, I just, especially when he's got the ball at his feet, I just always think that there's going to be a mistake. Um, he's great yeah, in the air, yeah. don't get me wrong. Like he's, at, he's probably our best centre-back in the air. He's fantastic. And he's so quick and mobile, that means we can play a high line. Um, but I just sometimes think that his football intelligence from the back, you know, if you compare him to the other centre-halves we've got, it's just not, it's just not as good as they are. Um, so I do think that Roden will be in now. Like I, I think after that, it's almost like, Jose can almost sort of say to Davis and Sanchez, you've given me no choice after that, just after that goal. I'm looking at our top 10 most expensive signings of all time, right? You've got Ndombele at 53 million, a heck of a lot of money, but he's been really good this season. Like, I think he's been brilliant, but still to pay back 53.8 million pounds. Then Sanchez at 42, not worth it so far. Lamella at 30. He's having a great season, but we've waited seven years for it. Sissoko at 30 million, maybe. Bergwijn at 27, TBC. Soldado at 26, didn't give us that value. Sessegnon at 25. That's Definitely. crazy. That's crazy. Regulion at 25, looks good, but we, d- we think, don't know. Yeah, I think I, I, he's the one, actually, of all the signings that we've made, he's the one that I'll probably get the most excited about. He's the like, future. Like he looks so good, and he just—he reminds me so much of Robertson at Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Like there's just so many similarities between them. Like he'll pick the ball up, and he'll just run. Yeah. He just run fifty yards with the ball, and all of a sudden you've gone from being on the edge of your box to you know halfway in the opposition's half. Like it's so effective players that can do stuff. You just there aren't many players anymore. I don't think that get the ball at their feet and can drive fifty, sixty yards with it. Like you just like you've got a lot of like nice passes of the ball and runners, but I don't think that there's many people that can get the ball and and just you know what Yaya Torre used to do at City, Patrick yeah, yeah. Vieira, like these kind of players that would just get in and just run. Oh, and yeah. Reggie looks Reggie looks it's it's, it's basically Danny Rose and Carl Walker, mm. isn't it? From the, from what, the what he does. Lane. What he does is 
currently we're seeing teams set up with, like you saw it, Burnley and Antwerp. Neither of them played, you know, six at the back with three in front. They all played with two banks and he allows you to break at least beyond one of the, those banks, which means they're now on the back foot and turning. And that's a big difference to if you're just in front of them trying to get through, which we've always struggled with. Um, Ericsson, now Ericsson's got, we don't have a, a really good through ball passer. Lamella's got a decent through ball, but he still holds on to the ball for, for two touches longer. Mm. I, I was just looking at our, my, my point on the top 10 highest transfer fee paid, all of them, I wouldn't say have really lived up to the fee. I, Mora at 23, I mean, he got us into the Champions League final, so that's fine. But then I, I just had a look at our highest transfer fees received. None of them are uh, from our top 10 highest transfers paid. But Bale, Walker, Modric, Berbatov, Keane, Carrick, Eriksson, they're, they're our best players ever. We need to st- stop selling our best ever players. Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? I, I, I do feel like we've stopped doing that. We haven't done that for a number of years. I think really that was sort of Levy, wasn't it? Since sort yeah. of he came in, we've stopped doing that and we've tied people down to long-term deals. You're always going to get a Real Madrid or a Barcelona that want to come in for one of your players and there's little that anyone can really do about that. But um, it felt like for a number of years we were selling our strong players to, to other English sides, mainly Man United. And it was like... Yeah, Carrick. funny is... Eric, oh, Carrick broke my heart. Carrick, um, Ericsson and Vimmer were both sold for the same amount of money, which uh, I think is We got funny. an unbelievable deal for Kevin. 18 million? Well, I it's think not... 17 mil for Benteleb is, is a bigger yeah. deal. It's just the, Vim, the Vimmer one, because he went to Stoke, didn't he? And, and, then yeah. they just, and didn't play and they just went down. <laughs> it's just, he went from playing in the Champions League to the Championship in 12 months. It's just... Unbelievable. He was not good enough, was he? Bless him. Well, the thing is, I remember when, when because Vertonghen got that bad injury, didn't he? And he was out for like four or five months and he came in Vimmer and he looked deep, like he did really well. Mm. And then I think it was if it was the same season or the following season, we had a lot of injuries and he ended up having to play left back mm. and he was, dread, he was dreadful. He was, he was he was so bad out there. Um, just, he wasn't that bright, bless him. He, he had that really just, nice relationship with Sun. He, does, but... he doesn't look like he'd be bright either, does he? He's got one of them. Mm. He's got a bottom set face, hasn't he? Like... <laughs> uh, Antwerp, awful. We awful, wanted to talk awful. a little bit about Delhi, though, didn't we? Because oh, yeah. he, he was poor against Antwerp, as everybody was. But yeah. where, where, you... is, where is Delhi at now? Is it a point of no return? Or do you think there is a way for him to get back into the team? I mean, we've been doing the pod 10 years and we've always said that before, even before he came here, that Jose likes to pick one player to mm. call out and, and bully, whether it be Casillas or who did it matter at Chelsea. He always picks one to assert his dominance. Sure at United, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. He hasn't really done that here. I think he's dropped Delhi because Delhi hasn't played. I think Delhi's skill is the fact when he plays uh, off his... Um, without thinking he's brilliant but I don't think he's a very Jose player he doesn't work hard enough and I don't think he's consistent enough and I think when you're playing high on emotion I think it works really well for us but he doesn't he I'm not sure I'm not sure his future's here but I don't know where he goes do you think Jose should have called called, you've seen that quote Jose uh, I think he um, put on Instagram he said before matches, you always ask me why this player is not playing, why this player is not playing, why this player is not selected. Maybe now, for a few weeks, you don't ask me that because now you know the answer. Yeah, I, I mean, good. it's not good. I think my, my opinion with Delhi is I think that football goes through cycles of evolving and the mm. style of football changes every four to five years. And if you think yeah. to... 
early early to mid 2000s was sort of when Jose first came on the scene and it was two holding midfielders it was about big six foot four it was a very physical game it was defensive then you had Pep who came in with his Barcelona team of five foot five cent midfielders that were just popping the ball around and it was all about possession and, and territory and dominating games that way um, that that's been a, a style of football that we've watched for a number of years. Now it seems like it's evolved in its Klopp style of the high press and energy. And your central midfielders don't really need to be that great with the ball. They just basically need to be able to cover a lot of ground in about a 15 second period so that you can press like mad. And I think that's the way the game's going now. And I look at Delhi and I think the way that football and the Tottenham team is evolving, I don't know where he fits in because we're no longer playing with a second mm. striker. Like if you think back to you know when Delhi's been at his best under Poch and under Jose in different formations and we've had front three front to all of that but he's effectively played as a second striker when he's been at his best he's linked up with Kane and he's made runs in behind that's what his game has has been about he's never been somebody that's played with his back to goal yeah. and has you know dictated play he's yeah. just been somebody that gets in the box and gets numbers and links up well with the centre forward and at the minute we're playing with one up front and two wide men. So for me, for Delhi to get back into this side, he's got to completely reinvent his game. He's either got to become a Jack Grealish wide player. And by that, I mean, he's never going to be like Son and Bale and Lucas Moura, who's just going to, you know, stretch yeah. things because he's not got the pace. But he can be somebody that can play out there and play in the pocket like Jack Grealish does, like Bruno Fernandes does for United when he when he has to go and play wide because he does play there sometimes. David Silva used to do it. Bernardo Silva does it at City. Like there are these players that play wide but aren't necessarily that quick, but they've got brains. So they understand where they need to be. Almost the way Eriksson used to play for us when he played on the left. He'd never be a wing. And I think three of them used to play wide, didn't it? It was always like Delhi, Eriksson, and then a wide player, so maybe Lamella. But they would always rotate rotate around. So in the last game, uh, last season of White Hart Lane, that's why we were so hard to defend against. Could yeah. have Kane up front, and then you couldn't pick those three up. And I think I think he I think he has to basically he has to look at Jack Grealish and be like that's the player I need to now become mm. like that style of, of play or he needs to become a more conventional central midfielder and I just don't think he has the skill set to do that like I just don't think that's his game at all I don't I, I think it's worse than that I think he's he's got the footballing ability I still think he's a bit weak I think he could be physically stronger and I think because he I never think he's got a hard shot at him you know what I mean? Like even when his penalties, they always seem to be looping. Everything's looping. It's not he, that's that why. Though. Like he scored some unbelievable goals, and there's the, always moments of unbelievable dribbling. That, but like, I don't think he's a great technician in terms of he, he doesn't strike a ball well. Like no. if you no, think no, of, no. if you think of the way Son and Kane hit the ball, like Delhi, he, he doesn't he doesn't do that. He has obviously wonderful moments of play. Like we all remember the Palace goal and the United goal. And other bits of just remarkable play that he's done. But he's not a technician, which makes me think that going into central midfield... Look, if you're going to play central midfield, you, you have to be good technically. Like, otherwise, yeah, yeah. you're not going to cut it. And I don't know how good he is technically. I think no. in the box, he's brilliant. And his football intelligence is second to none. But at the minute, I'm scratching my head of where he can actually get in the side. Well, I don't think he's got the attitude, and that's my biggest worry. I'm, I, he's getting closer to Joe Cole, who obviously I've got no respect for, Bentley, those players who could have had it all, but are almost too talented, and it's been too easy for them for too long. You know, he just went from Milton Keynes to Spurs and just bossed it. You know, he scored the, the Crystal Palace goal and was just, just he scored two against Real Madrid, and he, he was literally on top of the world. And then suddenly, 
he's been asked to have some discipline and he's been asked to work hard and he, he cannot do it. And it's just, I'm not sure he's got the mental strength or the mental fortitude to do what it takes to the if, to next level. Like if you have a look at Kane, if you if Jose comes in and gives him a, a specialist workout regime or a specialist training regime, you go, yep, brilliant. Whereas Delhi, I just feel he do as little as possible, which is great for some teams. It's not great for Spurs. It's not great for any team that wants. Like it's the same. You, you see the same with Pogba, or and at least how he comes across, and that he doesn't quite work hard enough. The get the problem Man United had when we played them wasn't the man sending off. It was Matic and Pogba just didn't work hard enough, and they did they didn't give any cover, and we just went through them whenever we wanted. And it's the same with Delhi. I don't see what like and you have a look at him yesterday what did he bring to the team he had a couple of nice passes but he he didn't chase balls down fast enough it, 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 he's improved by bringing Lamella replacing him Bergvine replacing him all um all of them replacing him just adds something to the team that he, he hasn't got I if two have to go if you have to get some if we need 50 million in the in January Sanchez and Delhi look like the ones you'd sell right I now. just I just worry about Delhi because for me, his, his, his success with Spurs, and even when he's played well with England, both, that's all been playing as a second striker. Like, And it's like, he doesn't, I don't think he's got the skill set to be able to play in a different position and really dominate games like he used to. Because, um, you know, we think under Poch, we switched and we were playing the diamonds and he had to play the side of a diamond for a while and that didn't suit him. For England, we were playing a 3-5-2 and he was playing central, but it didn't really suit him. Yeah. When Jose took over, let's not forget when we had that bounce, Delhi was scoring goals, but that was because we were playing a system where he was up front with Kane. And it's yeah. like, when we, I, I just think whenever when we don't play that formation, you don't get the best out of Delhi. And the problem at the moment is we look at our best not playing that system so I think really uh, we've got a lot of games and we're still in all the competitions which is his, could be his only saving grace it's that like games like last night against Antwerp like when he does play he's going to have to really make him an impact in in the in the in the match he's going to have to score he's going to have to get assists and every game that goes by like last night where he doesn't do a great deal I didn't think he was any better or any worse than most of them last night um but every game for him that goes by last night like that, you just think it's going to be harder to get back in that side. Um, yeah, I, so I'm not, not sure. I don't know. I don't know what the future holds for him anymore. And it's like it's a shame because when he's on his game, I'd argue that he's probably our most exciting player to watch because you just never know what you're what he's going to do. And the moments of brilliance and the the nutmegs and the flicks and the bits of skill are just are so good. And I just I like that he's got a bit of attitude when he plays, and that's obviously come from playing in lower league English football. But I like that about him, like, and I, do, I love watching the guy play. But he's just he's a shadow of of the Deli Alley from a couple of seasons ago, isn't he? And it's just it's just you hope that he can get it back in a Spurs shirt, but oh, I don't I don't know anymore. He's not good enough. He's not good enough for um, us to have to play a system around him. We need players I, who I flex and. That's a massive problem. I think that's a that's a fairly significant problem, frankly. Like you have a look at all the players, like Ben Davis, how much he's had to flex and re- obviously he's made the mistake, but he's had to play centre back. You, you look at um, Kane, who plays everywhere, and and that, he's our best player. And Delhi is not our best player. He's not a second best player. I would argue he's not even our fifth best player. And we he, he's not good enough for us to build a team around. Now it might be that I hate I hate saying it like this, but it might have. He might have to go to a team where we they have to play a certain way to to take the best out of him because that's not going to be us. Mm. 
Um, I think you talk about players adapting, and like for me, the best example of a player that's adapted under Jose has been Lacelso. Like where he's a guy that came in as a creative midfielder, but yet he's been playing holding midfield, and his game has completely changed. And you saw it in the documentary where Jose said, mm-hmm. "When I took over, I didn't think that Lacelso would be my kind of player, but he's he's embraced the challenge of it and has completely changed his game." where he's now a deep-line playmaker on controls. He basically is in the Modric role. He's not nowhere near the level of Modric, but he's in that kind of role where he's receiving the ball for the back four and making us play, rather than being the one 20 yards further forward. So celso has got the attributes to have been able to do that, and that's what I worry. I, I don't worry about Deli Ali's attitude, if I'm honest. I think that I, 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 he doesn't... I don't know the guy I've never met, I've never seen him, I've never spoken to him, but from a guy that's played low-league football in England... I think he's got a work rate and he's got an attitude that's like he wants to get better. I genuinely worry about has he got the skill set to be able to completely overhaul his game and go into a different position. And I don't know if he does. But we'll see. We'll see. You never know. Football football always throws up surprises, doesn't it? And all of a sudden, a couple of injuries to our front men, we change the formation and he comes back in and all, you know, it could all be different in six weeks time. We we really, really don't know. But it was it was disappointing to see him play like that, as well as a lot of the other guys that, like you said, ASD, is their opportunity, like Harry Winks. You know, you'd expect him that type of game to get on the ball and really make things happen, and it just didn't quite click for him um, yeah. last night. Um, and you're always going to get games like that as well, right? There's always, you know, for Royal Antwerp, that is a massive game for them, Tottenham in Europe. Like, that's huge. Like, they're all going to up their game, and it's like, we've got to be able to deal with that a bit more in the Europa League because... That's not something when you play Champions League football you really have to worry about because you're playing the elite side. So really, it's us raising our game most yeah. of the time. Whereas mate, like, we, the... Sorry, mate. No, no, go on. Uh, we were in the Champions League final. We've got two of the biggest stars coming to their ground. Like this is their. They, we need to be able to deal with this. Is their the biggest thing for them? Like it really is massive for them. And like exactly like you say, we we can't just turn up and just expect to win and that that's the way it felt it, it felt a bit like they were up for it and we just expected to be able to walk through that game and that was it and to tell you who I love I, I I can't get enough of um Hoiberg like you could tell immediately he he was 10 meters further up the pitch and he was shouting at people he was winning the ball passing it forward it was always forward and that that's the thing like Winks I don't think he's as bad as some people are making out. He doesn't seem to have progressed as much as we'd like, and he, he isn't owning games. There's still a player in there, but the difference that when Hoiberg came on was was significant, massive. And I I'm a massive, I'm a big big fan of Hoiberg. I think he's exactly what I think he's a very Spurs player as well. I think he's a, a really solid backbone for us. And if I was if I was um, uh, Jose, you must be loving it. You can't have imagined he would have been that good for you. Can't yeah. because he stepped up yeah, massively. He's, he's just brought what we've lacked into the middle of the park, which is just a bit of he's calm, but yet he's also very aggressive. He's like he's the best of both. He's like he does look. It, look, he's not an absolute world beater, but I think you need those kind of characters in your team. Um, just a quick one on Harry Winks. I think that he's a guy that like he, I feel I think he's peaked in terms of his footballing ability. Um, I don't I can't see him. I don't think he'll necessarily get any better. He's not a bad footballer. And I've always no. said this about Winks. Like, he is the type of guy, for me, that you want starting central midfield in the Europa League. Brilliant. That, like, I think that's fantastic. He's exactly the kind of guy you want. I think if you're talking about competing for, you know, league titles and winning the Champions League and all of that, 
for me, he's not your man, but he's a great squad player to have. And it's like, this is the he thing that frustrates me about Spurs fans and all fans, to be fair. Like, you can't have a squad of 25 that are all absolute world-class players. Like, there's always going to be some players that offer you slightly different things and are just not as good. Like, that's ju- it's just football. Um, so, for me, he's a good player for us to have. He didn't play well the other night, but I, I wouldn't be rushing to get rid of him anytime soon. I think he offers something a little bit different for us, um, yeah. especially in, in, in Europe, um, you know, where it, there's a lot more emphasis about keeping the ball. Um, but yeah. I think he's another one that under, in a different era, like and under slightly different management, I think Winks could be absolutely brilliant, but we don't necessarily play the way that suits him. And it's yeah. like, if you, you know, you, you could put him in the pivot for a Pep Guardiola team, and he'd probably look a, a much better player than what he looks for Spurs. Definitely. Um, Definitely. But, you know, it's just the point where it's like he doesn't. He's not in a Pep Guardiola team. He's in a Jose Mourinho team. So it's like if you want to play in that team, <laughs> yeah. you, you know, you're going to have to. You're going to have to do like what Deli Ali's going to have to do, yeah, yeah. like what Lacelso's done. And if you want to play, you're going to have to adjust your game a little bit. Otherwise, you know, you're not yeah. going to get the minutes you want. Yeah. Um, we've got. Can um, I talk about. Oh, go, go on. on. I want to talk about Arsenal just very quickly because they're obsessed with us at the moment. I think it's because it's not just that we're a threat. It's that we're just better than them at the minute. Um, and if you, I just want to think about where they're at. They've got one of their most expensive players ever on 350 grand a week, just been given an £8 million loyalty bonus in none of their teams. And he's just winding, winding down his contract to leave. He, they distance himself from the things he says politically, which we're not going to go into here. But that's a crazy situation to be in. I can't imagine what it would be like here. We, our most expensive, our highest paid players are on two hundred grand. Imagine we got a player that's on fifty percent more than that who is not playing. This is the same time when Gunnarsoros is let go. Which, whatever you think, if Chirpy went and Chirpy's missus went, I'd feel a bit sad because that is part of it, and the kids love it. Lily, um, Lily. They um, let go loads of their in-house staff, which is fair enough. Zero-hour contracts. There's no one coming to the museum and to the shops or whatever. But on the same day they do that, they go and buy Thomas Party for £45 million. Their best-ever players just signed the contract and basically retired. Lacazette is limited. And suddenly, Arteta's great. I've, I've got full respect for Arteta. Like but Arteta. Yeah, he's great. And you can see why City really didn't want to let him go. And you can see what he's learned from Pep. Uh, for, and it's just a bit of a shambles over there. I think it's hilarious, and I think I don't think anybody. Ever, and Chelsea can't defend, and that's hilarious. They thought if they bought Ben Chilwell that they'd be able to defend, but they can't defend at all. I I think the the London teams are, are hilarious right now, apart from Spurs. It's um, I mean the the situation with Özil is just a, a bizarre. Like, why are the club not paying him off? That's what I can't get. Like, he's, 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 he's not going to play. Like, he's just going to sit there. Like, he must be so bad to have around the training ground. And all the other Arsenal players are saying, oh, you know, he's, you know, he's a great character. Of course, they're going to say that. But it's like, how have they not just paid him up now and said, look, we'll pay you your contract in full. Just go. Like, surely that's better. And you sign an agreement to say you can't sign for another team in, in the Premier League. For the, for the remainder of your contract. And it's like, then you're protected there. I just can't believe that that's not happened. Like, you know, it's a similar situation, just not to the same extent that Danny Rose finds himself in. Like, what's your motivation now? Like, you've got all the money in the world. Like, uh, I feel like someone like Ozil, and even someone like Rose, like, when you've been playing football for 10 years and earning at least 40, 50 grand a week throughout that whole period, 
like money's not going to change anything whether or not you're on 100 grand a week or 400 grand a week it's not going to make any difference anymore so it's like what's your motivation and it's like mm-hmm. if you're not motivated like why are you bothering like just pack it in yeah. like, you know retire like go and do something else i can never quite understand i can never understand all of that but it it baffles me that arsenal haven't done more to just get him out of that club because you know you just wouldn't want him there would you like you just wouldn't it's it's a real strange one it's a, but arsenal's a funny one and i know we don't like to talk too much about them all the points you've made that i completely agree with arteta makes me a little bit nervous because I think he's a very, very good coach. And I think that Arsenal team is arguably the worst Arsenal team in Premier League history that they've ever had. I mean, but, that's a shout. I think they've had worse in recent years. I, don't know. I have. I, don't. I think he's, I think Oli, Lampard, I think there's a massive difference in between. I, 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 I don't think they're, they're tactically astute. I think Jose out-tacticked Ole massively. Like it, it was a diff- It was like he was playing on easy. It was like playing a child's team, and I think we'll see that against. I think we'll have decent results against Chelsea, especially if there's no crowd. And I think we'll have decent results against Arsenal because I think they're tactically immature. Mm. Hey, Tottenham late. Tottenham women. Just a quick one. Tough few weeks for the Tottenham women. Yeah. Uh, got battered a bit by Arsenal six one. Uh, we lost against United 1-0. But we've got a big game against Chelsea coming up. I think it's on Tuesday and then Reading afterwards. So uh, hopefully it'll look up soon. Obviously, not much. I haven't seen as much from Alex Morgan, but that that is a world world superstar at our club. And Absolutely. we haven't really talked about it. And that's starting to see. Absolutely mad. And you know what? They've got a good like, squad of players and good coaching staff there in that side. So it's like, yeah. whilst the start of the season has probably been like, there's been some tough fixtures that they've had. So it's like, you know, there's a there's a group of them, the staff and players that have been at Spurs for a long time. Yeah, so, yeah. like, no doubt we'll, we'll get them out of trouble. Um, I've been doing some coaching on a Saturday morning at Coldwell's, yeah. um, which is a grassroots football club in Chigwell. Um, and Jenna Scalacci, former Spurs... Huh? Ladies captain has joined and is running all of the girls and women football there. So that's that been brilliant. brilliant. A bit of coaching with her. She she said that she'll do a pod as well in the next couple of months. So that'll oh, be that'll a, be the best thing ever for us as yeah. well. So yeah, because Josie Green is still playing. We sponsored her. Uh, obviously sending out love to Karen Hills, who's in quarantine after being exposed. We don't think she's got COVID. Um, but like my daughter's nearly four now, Zoe. Um, like she came in the room. She read. Mate, that is men- that is right. And she um she saw it with Spurs. She's like, come on, you Spurs! And like she wants she wants to go see Spurs. She just loves it because I love it. But I will be taking them to see taking them to see the women. Um, and that I, I can't. I love that there's people who look like her who are superstars and who who are role models. So I'm I'm, I'm loving the Tottenham ladies at the minute. Women, women. I, they called themselves the Tottenham ladies before, and so that. And, but um, Chris always tells us off for calling the ladies. So <laughs> I'm catching myself. Yeah. Um, and in terms of game this weekend, so the men's team, we've got Brighton Sunday, which yeah. is available to watch if you want to pay fourteen ninety five on Disgusting. Sky Box Office. I mean, where do we even start with that? It's it's a moral outrage. It's a moral detritus. It's disgusting that they're doing this to football fans. For this is a game for the fans. Uh, for it's a working class. I'm not saying it's a, it's a working class and we have to all be from council states to like football. But I think it's absolutely disgusting what Sky and BT are doing. The way they shoved it in, just without really putting it to the fans. But what the fans are doing, what the Tottenham Hotspur supporters trust are doing, uh, go and find the Twitter links for them or um, just donate that money. Don't don't buy the game. Never give the money to those disgusting corp- 
operations like that. I know, you know, I, I get why they're doing it, but that this is that's not how you treat football. That's not how you treat football, and it, it it's an absolute shocker. And I'm 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 furious. Like it I, it really makes me angry. So it's um, so bad. And I think the only thing that's maybe worse than the fact that they've priced it at forty ninety five is if the rumours are true that they're gonna um, change it and it's gonna be nine ninety five. And it's like even then, it's like that is still so much money. Like as if the subscriptions and all of that aren't enough. Um, and disgusting. the state of the world at the moment where so many more people are out of work or having to work reduced hours and earn less money and all that to now be giving people an additional charge is just um it's terrible it's terrible it's like it's just it for me it just you I just get more disappointed you just sort of like you read news like that and you just think like how it like why and how is that happening? but the <laughs> bit for me is it was meant to be the games that were non-televised so it wasn't the big games. It was the teams against lower down opposition. And I sort of get that. Get, you should make it a pound or whatever it is. I, I get you've got to send people there. You've got to send cameras. The camera's are already there for highlights. So you, yeah, exactly. that, that's not a great argument. Um, and they've shown all these games. Sorry to interrupt. They've shown all these games. Remember during lockdown, all of a sudden, every game was on the telly. And it was like amazing. So it's like they can do it. But actually, and they're like, no, let's just try and sting all the fans for another 15 quid. Well, the point was that they were meant to have all the games that were non that weren't on TV. Friday night games used to be on TV, but tonight on BT is Chelsea under 18s versus Man United under 18s and on Sky uh, football wherever it is, it's Coventry versus Reading in the Football League, not the Premier League. Now the Premier League was on a Friday and now the big teams the, the teams that were going to be in the game featured are now under the 15 quid. I think it's disgusting. I it, I'm going to calm down because uh, there's no justification apart from these. They're losing subscribers and they just want to get a quick bunch of cash in uh, while people are desperate for sport in a in a time where we're strapped for entertainment. Everyone's feeling the stress. It's getting darker. So we need entertainment. And I, I, I it's one of the worst things that's ever happened to football. I, I, I honestly believe that because it's a stance from the people who give us football to show us that they control it and they can take it away anytime and they're going to rinse us for it. I think it's a disgrace. I just think that it's very, it's very telling. And I think the sad thing is that most likely at some point in our lives watching Tottenham, we will end up being priced out of it at some, like at some point, because if you think, you know, I'm lucky I've, I've had a season ticket with my dad since I was a, a little kid, but like, they will come at the the way that the pricing is going. At some point, there'll be a season where you go. I physically have not got that money, like because it goes up and up and up every year. And what's it going to be in fifteen, twenty years? Like I, I genuinely, I dread to think where the state of it will be. And it's just, it's a shame because there will be some fans that absolutely love football, and it's been not a great year for pretty much everybody. And like it being back has lifted people. Like sport is one of them things that's like sport lifts people out of dark points of their life. And it's like yeah. the fact that for people that can't afford 1495, which is a lot of people, like the fact that it will be taken away just because they don't have that money. It's like, what does that really say about the state of the sport, the country, the world? It's like it's, it's just not right. It's it's a misguided belief that the broadcasters believe that they are football, that they own football and they are the evolution of football, which is nuts. And it's it, it's. The idea that they can market the nostalgia and the emotion that we can't really get away from. You, you know, I, I always say I never want to watch Chelsea games and I do everything I can, but I'll end up watching them. Even if I go out, I'll be on my phone every literally every two minutes. 
trying to keep up with it. And they, they know that, but I'm not going to have it. I'll go Stevenage. Stevenage is 20 minutes away well, from that's me. That's it. That's it. I think what, what it does do is it gives fans an opportunity, obviously lockdown rules permitting wherever you are listening to it, to go and watch some grassroots football. You know what I mean? Go and watch a non-league team or, or literally go and watch a Saturday and a Sunday league game. Like, because it's like, if you just love football and you want that aspect of it back, like, you know, recreational sports still allowed at the moment. So there's games that aren't at a particularly high level that are being played, but it's like, you can go and watch that and still get your football buzz from that. Um, and you know what? Non-league football is absolutely brilliant for what it is. Like, it's it's such a great experience as a fan, especially if you're used to watching Premier League football every week. It's like, you can go back to the proper grassroots of what football is and just go and watch 25 blokes kicking lumps out of each other for two hours, have a pie, have a pint. Like, you, do you know what I mean? It's like, it's a completely different experience, but it, but it's still as amazing as watching football at the highest level. Yeah, and the montage they'll give you to say, you know, show you it's worth 15 quid will be the goals from outside the box. You know, all of this, the great saves, the, the, the flicks, the tricks. And then we watched the game that happened yesterday. That's the grim reality of what we're yeah. doing. How many times are we going to watch a game and go, how many times do we watch the game and go, I'm never going to get that two hours back. But imagine you're doing that plus that's 15 quid, which could have bought food for for your family. Yeah. It's, it's, it's bad, not it's a real, real bad move. Um, so I hope that they backtrack on it. Not that it will make it much better if they do, but it would at least make it a tiny, tiny bit better. But I don't think they will. I think they'll lower the price and it will and that will stay and that will be a permanent thing now. Yeah. which is a shame but we'll, we'll, we'll wait and see the Spurs Brighton is available for 1495 which I won't be paying on Sunday um, that's that's a game that last season Brighton was a real um, turning point for us wasn't it when we played them away and we got beat 3-0 and Hugo got the injury and that was really the end for Poch um, and then we played them at home under Jose I think was it was on Boxing Day um, and oh, yeah. we beat them 2-1 um, and it was scrappy and ugly but we got the win Um You'd imagine it'll be much of the same um, and it'll be a, it's another case of just like Burnley was on Monday night. We need to start early, like high tempo, press them, get up the pitch, get territory, start playing our football. If you get an early goal in that kind of game, it, I always think you could go on and win 3-4-0. But the longer it stays 0-0 or 1-1 or whatever, the, the tougher it gets. And Brighton are, Brighton are a bit of a funny side as well because... They're, they're not the Chris Hewton Brighton, which was very defensive and difficult to break down. Like They will yeah, try and yeah. play football. And every now and then they put a performance in from out of nowhere and you think, cool, Brighton are decent. So hopefully it's not this Sunday. But look, for me, this is another one of those games that we have to be going and getting three points. Like Absolutely nothing less than that. Yeah, sure. um, because we've got a run of games. You know, we've just beaten Burnley. We've got Brighton. I think we've got West Brom next. Like, that should be nine points out of nine in the league. Yeah. Um, so I'm confident we'll go there and get the win. You know, I think the tails will be up after the Antwerp defeat. Um, and, you know, there'll be a point to prove for a lot of them. Even the guys that didn't play and will be coming back into the team. That's an opportunity to cement your place further. So yeah, I'm confident sure. we'll go there and get the win. It's good we've got a run of games like this and we can put two 11s out. And we, if we don't win, then we go straight back. We've got another game and you forget this game. So I think on Monday or whenever we pod, if it's next Friday, we'll be we'll be similarly happy again. Yeah, you got a quiz of the week? I haven't, have you? Yeah, if you want one. Yes, always. So I've gone back in my beautiful sheet and I've gone to the first Europa League game that I saw us losing. 30th of November 2011, which I can't believe is nine years ago. Wow. Uh, P-A-O-K. Yeah. 
We lost 2-1. Two two one. One. Yeah, you back. nerd. You okay. massive nerd. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we've got... Did we go 2-0 down? I think we did, and Defoe yeah. got a goal. Yeah. I just checked. Defoe's the name I'm going to give you, so that's, <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> uh, so... gonna be, the quiz is going to be who scored for Spurs that game. <laughs> In goal, we've got Jorelio Gomez, the love of my life. Then uh, at left back, we have Danny Rose. In centre-back, we've got Basson and one other. Yeah. Then a right-back. Yeah. Then the midfield four, I'm assuming... Well, Lennon will be on the right because he can't play anywhere else. Then we've got Modric. Yeah. Then I need two other midfielders. Yeah. And they could be central or left. And I, I'm, one of them, I think, is left and one of them central. Then yeah. Defoe and then a striker. So I need a centre-back, the right-back, two midfielders and a striker, please. Okay. From 2011. Let's start centre-back. So, the song... i tell you that... Uh, is, this, is this Harry or had Harry gone by this point? I think Mr. Harry. And yeah. Yago the striker. Um, <laughs> centre-back with the song. Um, Michael Dawson? No. Wasn't Dawson. Um William Gallas. William Gallas is correct. Underrated underrated signing, William Gallas for us. Just um, if he didn't play for Arsenal and Chelsea he'd be he'd be a bit it'd be regarded far higher. So right, Gallas right back. Right back. If it's two thousand eleven, I'm gonna it's Europa League. I'm gonna put my neck on the line and say it was Carl Norton. No. It wasn't in the squads. Um, um was it Carl Walker then? No. It wasn't. Um, Weirdly, I think if I, Paul I know, it was Koluka. Walker came on later for one of the players, one of the midfielders who you, you need to give me. Amazing. So I need certainly midfielder along with Modric. I'm going to go Tom Huddleston. Nope. Um, Wilson Plasios. No. He was a proper Europa League midfielder for us. Maybe under AVB then. Jake Livermore. Jake Livermore. Um, just, I just associate Jake Livermore with AVB. Yeah. Like, it's just that's just the guy. Is um, this the year when we had to play a qualifier and we went up to Hearts and smashed them, and everyone looked miserable? Like Townsend scored. I think Falke scored. Livermore scored in that game as well. Um, mm. What do I need? The so I need someone that was playing off the left. That yeah. maybe isn't. Uh, was it Nico Crancher? No. I think he was only with us for a season. He went back to the club we bought him from and then scored against us in the Steven first one. Steven Pienaar. And then Defoe. Defoe and Pavlyuchenko. No, I, I can't believe that this player was playing this game. He's Robbie a club Keane. legend now. Robbie Keane. No. Um, Defoe and... We've talked about him already today. What was it? It was Kane. Harry <laughs> Kane. Was it really? Nine years ago. Wow, um, I remember that game because um, I'd forgotten it was on um, and there were a few of us that were um, at one of our friend's house and the friend, the friend's family were all Greek. I'd forgotten the game was on and, they, and then they put the game on and it was 2-0 and they were just all there chanting, Greeks, 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 Greeks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was terrible. It come back to 2-1 I was like, I'm going to get so smug when we equalise and we never did. So, yeah, amazing. Great quiz. Harry yeah. Kane was playing nine years ago. Well, on the bench, we had Kudicini, Bale, who came on, Walker, Falcate. Yes, Walker came on for Pina. Just must have been playing like a right, a left-sided attacking player. That, that's the worst position for him ever. Townsend, Fredericks, Carroll, and then Falcate, who came on. 
It's not great, is it? And we lost the two one as well. So good quiz. Okay. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it for for the pod this week. But Brighton win there, bounce back after Antwerp, keeps the league keeps the league run going, doesn't it? And keeps us, you know, towards the, the top end of the table, which is where we want to be. So fingers crossed for that. That's about a league game, haven't we? Is that show after that as well? That is that is that when Wednesday or Thursday next week, isn't it? So we might be Thursday. We might pod before then. Might we'll, oh, yeah. okay. we'll, we'll see it we'll see how we get on but, um yeah. thanks everyone for listening and remember whatever happens future's bright future's lily white come on you spurs i always thought there was very very many people interested in football and i always thought that football was a very important game but i never realized until today just how important it is whether the wonder boys of white heart lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion well they're the finest team in Great Britain and one of the best in the world. We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. The curve of the ball, the billow of the net, the beating of the trap and the picking of the lock, the swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola, Greaves, Klinsman. We are the collective gasp, the intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbott and King. We are the lob, the chip, the dummy and the volley. We are the hat trick, the scissor kick. We are Bill Nick. We are the outside of the boot, the inside of the net, and those seconds that last forever. Van der Vaart to level it up. Raphael van der Vaart, 2-2! It's quite a game, isn't it always? We are Jennings, Defoe and Perryman. Glory past, glory future, what was, what is, what's next. We are Blancheflower, Ardelis and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style. We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream. To dare is to do.